choppy markets. This morning, we've still got the big bond sell-off in the United States, but equities are taking a hit as well from earnings results. The Empire State Survey disappointed, whilst the German Zoo Survey was a bit of a pleasant surprise. So maybe the US-Europe divide in terms of economic recovery isn't as clearly defined as we might have thought. And the COVID after pill, it works with Omicron, says Pfizer. So maybe that's going to bring extra cheer to the markets as well, but also probably egg on central banks to move faster. It's Wednesday, the 19th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, equities are sliding sharply in the US, almost 2% down for the Dow and the Nasdaq, not helped by Goldman Sachs' earning results, which showed a falling profit because their wages bill had gone up so much, because bonuses are back, it seems. Uh, the S&P had lost 1.7%. The exception to all of these falls has been the gaming company Activision Blizzard. It's up 30%. Well, it was at one point today anyway, after it was announced that Microsoft intends to buy them for almost $69 billion, which is well over twice what Microsoft paid for, for LinkedIn back in 2016 their biggest acquisition so far. Uh, falls too in European shares, but not by quite as much in, as in the United States. The US stocks 50 is down 1%, so is the DAX. And the sell-off of bonds, much weaker in Europe too. Just one basis point added to 10-year German bonds, but six more basis points on 10-year US treasuries, up to 1.85%. Uh, Aussie 10 years are now uh, up to 1.94%. And the US dollar has picked up a little as well. It's gained half a percent on the DXY. The pound and the Aussie dollar are both down about half a percent. The euro has lost almost 0.7%. And oil, WTI, pretty much at uh, $85 now. That's up 1.4%. Brent over $87, over 88% actually uh, earlier on uh, in this session. Uh, In fact, oil could close at its highest level since October 2014. And Rodrigo Catrill is with us this morning for the first time in 2022. Now, it's not not just rising demand that's hitting oil prices. Let's look at this oil first, because there's this attack by Houthi rebels on the, uh, the edge of Abu Dhabi airport. So geopolitics is certainly playing its part as well. But whatever the reason, these high oil prices are just going to pile on to those inflation concerns, aren't they? Uh, morning, Phil. Uh, yes. So we've seen, uh, and I think in addition to all of the, what you're saying about oil is that uh, the, the demand side of the oil dynamics uh, appears to be reflecting uh, sort of the general view in markets that Omicron is is not going to be as severe and that it will, we'll see a sort of reopening of, of uh, activity, if you like, at the beginning of this year and, and supporting that demand for oil uh, against these supply constraints, which, as you say, uh, has also been affected by geopolitics as well. So um, to, to that effect, um, you know, OPEC is still so, sort of reflecting an optimistic outlook in, in, in that regard as well. So uh, that obviously fits into into markets and particularly through the break even or the inflation expectations component uh, uh, for for yields. Uh, and certainly playing into that move up in yields that we've seen over the past uh, 24 hours as well. Yeah, well, it seems unstoppable, doesn't it? I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, interest rates are are likely expected that they're going to pick up steam as well from central banks. So all of that, equities can only go down, surely, although the real extent of this at the moment is confined mostly to the United States, isn't it? It's quite telling the difference between the US and Europe in terms of uh, the fall in equity prices, but also this rise in bond yields. It's it's very much a US story. It's there, obviously, in Europe, but it's a, in a much milder fashion. Yes, at the moment, the, the move I mean, yields certainly being led by US Treasury yields. And, and as you mentioned, it's also been sort of this, this breakup of, of key levels. You know, we, we've seen uh, 10 years uh, breaking above that 180 level, which was the previous high, and then quickly accelerated to 185. 
And similarly, when you look at the two-year rates, uh, the, the break above that 1% level also has triggered an acceleration in, 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 uh, in the move up. Um, in the front end of the curve, there's, there's a lot of debates. Uh, we are now sort of certain that the, the Fed will look to hike uh, potentially as early as March this year. Uh, but now the debate is really shifting towards how, how many hikes is the Fed going to have to, to, to do this year. And, and certainly the bias there is for actually more. And, and we've seen that repricing, repricing being reflected in the front end of the curve as well. Yeah, and it's only a small number, but I mean, the that, that March hike, I mean, some people are pricing in a half percent rise. Yes, yeah, so speculation around that is also feeding into sort of the, the, the uncertainty. And, and uh, at the moment, our sense is that it's still sort of a, a quarter sort of pace of hikes. Um, but, but the mm. question is whether, you know, um, whether the, the backdrop, particularly for inflation in the US, uh, forces the, the Fed to, to do a bit of rethink in terms of the, the pace of hikes that we should expect over not only this year, but also next year as well. Well, yeah, and you wonder whether, you know, the people are running away with it all a little bit because you look at the New, New York Empire State Manufacturing Index. That was a surprise. In fact, you know, you look at that and compare it to the Zoo Economic Sentiment Index out of Germany, which was a surprise upwards and the New York Empire State uh, Index was, was falling. You know, the opposite way to where we've been thinking that the US is racing ahead and Europe's uh, dragging behind. There seems a lot more, uh, well, uh, on these two surveys anyway, more optimism in Europe than there is in, in the US. But looking at that New York Empire State survey, the prices paid sub-index. Uh, here's one example uh, of runaway inflation not running away just yet because uh, that those numbers were a lot weaker than expected. It, they are. It was actually super interesting because it was is a sharp decline. Um, uh, I think it was the biggest in uh, since in 20 years. So it, it was a, a slump to negative 0.7 from 31.9. So it's a, it a big decline. Uh, but it, what it also showed is that it was actually. Um, a decline in the present levels uh, and it really, really reflecting the impact from Omicron while expectations. So those, those in sub indices about, you know, where do you see your company performing over the next uh, six months or so, those remain pretty steady. So, so again, reflecting sort of the Omicron impact, if you like, uh, while so sort of the medium term expectations haven't changed. So that is sort of the positive, if you like, that we can take from, from the survey, but certainly a reminder that we are going to be seeing that being reflected in the U.S. data, and it will probably sort of, you know, complicate the the, the narrative in terms of what to expect uh, for for the U.S. economy over the couple. But of I guess months. everyone's going to see through that, aren't they? I mean, we've uh, you know because we because it's interesting looking at the example in the U.K., isn't it? Because we had U.K. employment numbers; they were pretty strong, much stronger than expected. One hundred eighty-four thousand more people on payrolls in December. The unemployment rate down to 4.1% for the three months to November, which is actually the best it's been since the pandemic started. So it sort of seems to suggest that Boris Johnson might have actually done the right thing by avoiding another lockdown, just getting people to wear masks, using COVID passports to an extent, but not a great extent, to try and keep businesses open. That seems to have worked. So even though they had large infection numbers, they've somehow coped with it and the economy's kept trucking on. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and many countries have, um, you know, like even Australia, have benefited from from sort of or encouraged have been encouraged by by the policies introduced in the UK so to to move to this sort of phase of living with COVID um, so certainly encouraging in that regard um, to to the UK it also it also means that now you know the Bank of England has two challenges one the, the labour market that remains very tight uh, despite the fact that you know we, Omicron has come and uh, or be even probably exacerbated by it. 
Um, and then there's the inflationary story, which, of course, we'll, we'll get a, a print uh, tonight. So it plays to the view that maybe uh, all, all, that, all that sort of um, arguments, if you like, for, for the Bank of England to continue hiking uh, are going to be there for, for next month. Yeah. Yeah, we do get those CPI, not just for the UK, but for Canada, of course. They're not going to be anywhere near 7%, though, are they? No, no, they're not. But uh, the, the speculation is that we might see a, a big upward surprise to, to those numbers, mm. uh, reinforcing sort of the argument or market expectations that the Bank of Canada may actually start lifting the uh, the cash rate uh, next week. So that is going to put the pressure on Andrew Bailey and Sir John Cunliffe uh, from the uh, Bank of England because they're in front of the Treasury Committee. I presume that is after those CPI numbers, which come out quite early, uh, UK time. So obviously they're going to be asked about rate rises, uh, when and how much, and the balance sheet, which has gone from £475 billion pounds to £980 billion during this pandemic. So... I mean, the uh, the UK Parliament's going to be looking at the Fed and saying, well, uh, you know, what are you going to do about this? Yeah, that's right. So, um, and again, the, the argument here in terms of what central banks should be doing, particularly in terms of the inflation narrative is, well, do you look through what, what is likely to be a supply shock? Uh, and in that respect, when we think about the UK so the same, and the same as Europe, you know, the, the, the pressure coming from energy prices has been more significant. Uh, and therefore, the expectations are that inflation will be rising over coming months. But then expectations are also that they should ease, as, as, as we know, because we've seen gas prices come down as well. So um, there, there's the sort of the test of, of the patience of, of central banks in terms of looking through that or whether there's a belief that maybe price pressures are going to be more longer lasting and therefore they will have to act in order to lean against them. Yeah, well, we had Xi Jinping, didn't we, yesterday, saying central banks shouldn't go too far because they might have to slam the brakes on and then have to do a major U-turn. So everyone should be thinking about making the pie bigger first than figuring out how they should divide it, is basically what he was saying at Davos yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes. And and again, we, we talked about this sort of repricing that we've seen in the front end of the, the US Treasury curve. A lot of expectations are that the, the U.S. economy is going to be performing really, really, really well this year and that those inflationary pressures are going to shift away from, you know, the transitory Omicron COVID drivers to the underlying ones coming from rents and wages. Um, but if the economy slows down uh, and also, you know, the, the issues around, uh, you know, the midterm elections, maybe the picture changes a little bit uh, in the second half of the year. So. Uh, that plays to the view that the Fed will, will remain sort of cautious in terms of its hiking path uh, until they know more about the outcome. But living with COVID, I mean, the news just keeps getting better. So Pfizer, uh, just in the last hour or so, have said that Paxlovid, uh, which is their COVID-19, sort of like the morning after COVID-19 pill, uh, they've said in laboratory tests uh, it's worked well against the Omicron variant. So there's another encouraging, encouraging sign that you can keep working. If you get sick, there's a pill you can take. Uh, otherwise, go to work and carry on. Uh, happy days are here again. Let's hope that that is the, that is the case. But what about uh, on our local market then? How is all this going to play out in Australia? Because we have we are sort of looking to, to, to the UK and Europe and the United States and trying to work our way through. Uh, we get uh, consumer confidence uh, uh, reads today. We also get the, the weekly payrolls for the week just before Christmas. Uh, but consumer confidence, is, 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 that, is that going to pick up, do you think? Because it took a big hit. Well, yeah, so, so what we've seen is that we, we get in Australia, we get two readings. We get the weekly one and, and the monthly one. Now, the weekly had a sharp decline um, uh, yesterday, 
uh, which again is a reflection of the impact Omicron is having, not only in terms of uh, sentiment, but also in terms of you know the the, the supply issues and, and and also concerns for by the consumer about the outlook. Um, so. Um, Maybe uh, that, that, that sharp decline that we saw on the weekly is too early to be captured by the monthly one that we get today. But certainly expectations are that we will see a bit of a dent in, in, in sentiment because of the dynamics around Omicron. Uh, but expectations are that, you know, the, the, the peak in, in the wave uh, is, is near, if not already here. Uh, and therefore, we should start seeing a bit of a decline in that, those uh, hospitalization rates and an encouragement for, by everyone to, to actually kind of get back to, to reopening themes. And that, that should lift activity and sentiment as well. And look at earnings reports, of course, all this week. Uh, we talked about Goldman Sachs in the, in the intro. Got a whole heap more as well. Bank of America, Procter & Gamble, Morgan Stanley, uh, US Bank Corp, the United Airlines, uh, all coming up. There is volatility in the share market because I, I guess we really don't know what these are going to show because there are so many variables. There's staff costs. There's uh, inflation generally, the supply constraints. The VIX index doesn't know how to cope with it. That was up <laughs> almost 20% today to 22.8. So there is uncertainty in equity markets. Certainly. The, what is interesting is that now we, we've had a few banks now reporting, and, and many of them, uh, or there's a general theme there coming from the trading side, that banks have, have struggled to, to make as much money as they did in the first three quarters of 2021. Um, with all the volatility in markets, there was a lot of trading, but now we've seen a bit of a decline in that and, and, um, and the adjustment of expectations, particularly in the example of Goldman Sachs overnight, plays to the view that, you know, the market is saying, well, you know, you move into sort of a, a, a living with COVID dynamic and that might maybe puts a, a little bit more pressure in terms of the trading side for, for banks. And, and that's where the financials ones have been under pressure, despite the fact that typically, you know, when you see ri- rising yields, that tends to play well for, 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 for banks to, for the outlook of banks as well. So that's certainly one, one dynamic in the financial side. But the other one is, is also um, what the lifting rates will do to markets in general. And of course, the, the tech sector has been the one under pressure so far this year. And, and, and it's likely to remain under pressure until we have more clarity as to how high the market is expected to you know, price that, that terminal rate for, for the Fed as well. Yeah, so even if COVID-19 sort of disappears from our lives and we've managed to contain it, we've still got a lot of uncertainty this year, haven't we? And we're not quite sure how it's going to land just yet. Just as well, we're here every day to try and make sense of it. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, catch you again very soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And I'll tell you what, while everyone else is worried about inflation and they're putting their interest rates up, the Bank of Japan yesterday said the risks of inflation were balanced. And when it comes to uh, putting up interest rates, Governor Rhoda said, unthinkable. Will it ever happen? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.